You're listening to Grassroots, www.innovationstudios.com. I am Marcus, and it's nice to have you on board today for the first of our Q&A podcasts, looking after the local musician, the guys who are loading their stuff into their vans on a Saturday night and going off to play the dog and duck. Coming home with beans on toast at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yes, I've been there many, many years in the business. For those of you that know me, a big hello. Thank you very much for your questions. Don't forget that your questions are pretty much on the fly and I find them and read them and try to give you the best answer I can and the most honest answer that I can. And also, I try not to be too controversial and upset anybody and I try and have as much fun as I possibly can. All the opinions and everything expressed in my podcasts are mine. They are just my opinion. Of course, there are different musicians out there and every single musician has a different way of finding exactly what they want for themselves. My advice is based on my knowledge and my experiences alone. That's all I have to go on, I'm afraid. But here we go. So you can submit your questions to me. at uh, You can go to www.innovationstudios.com and follow the email link. Alternatively, send an email straight to innovationstudiosuk at gmail.com. I don't always reply to them. I tend to save them all up and then reply to them on here. So let's start with our first question. We've been collecting a few of your questions. This one comes from Gary in Thundersley. Hi, Marcus. I'm hoping you can help. Can you advise on an easy and cheap home studio setup on PC to make quick and easy demos of new ideas so I can forward them to the other boys in the band to learn? Many thanks, Gary. Hello, Gary. Um... Yeah, well, I mean, there are plenty of different things out there that you can use. Um, if you're looking for absolute budget, um, I would recommend there's a program, a free program called Audacity, which is absolutely superb and gives me everything that I need. So the thing is, Gary, that um, if you can play, and uh, I'm taking it that you can, then um, Audacity will give you that. I think um, there are lots of different... Um, programs out there that do different things but I think just to firing off quick and easy demos I find Audacity is just the best for me it doesn't cost anything it's a free program you probably will need to get yourself um, a digital audio workstation these are quite affordable um, I've got a couple of old ones that I use which was an IO2 which was the this one and more recently I've gone to a PreSonus audio box uh, USB 96 which does it for me DI everything and go for it from there. But if you can play um, guitar and you can play a bit of bass, you can fire off the demos fairly quickly. Sometimes drums, um, it's quite handy sometimes to have, if you've got a drum machine, you can plug that in. Sometimes you can go to various sites on YouTube and uh, there are links to downloading just drum loops or drum patterns. Um, but basically, once you've got your drum patterns down, fire off a demo, just fire, you know, plug your guitar DI and then there are various programs that you can get, like Guitar Rig, or there's um, a VST, which is called uh, Amp 212, which you can plug just a clean guitar in and record it, and then add the Amp 212 and get a, an amp-sounding guitar. There's no oh, there's a overdrive as well. You can use things like that. So it's uh, the quickest and the, the easiest way to fire off demos, and the cheapest way is to use the free software that you can get Audacity and also the VST for free online. Um, which you can make a donation to, and I suggest that you do um, as you're using all of this great stuff. But um, that's what I like to use for for very quick demos. And then, of course, the, the, the other great thing about Audacity is you can save it to MP3, 
um, in sort of the smallest quality for smaller emails to, to send to the boys. I mean, in these days of Dropbox and things like that, you don't necessarily even need to worry about that. But I'm a bit old school, mate. So there we are. But Audacity is a very, very good way of plugging your guitar in, plugging your bass in. And if you can play, then you can fire off your demos and get them to the lads fairly quickly. Um, obviously, I wish you well with everything that you're doing. And uh, I hope you've been well during the lockdown. Um, and hopefully you and the lads, it doesn't say the band name here, but you and the lads or the ladies, whoever it is you work with, will be out there soon performing and playing and rehearsing and playing your own music, mate. So that's uh, that's pretty much the answer. Go for Audacity, go for something simple, go for a nice, cheap uh, pre-sonus audio box. Um, yeah, doesn't doesn't break the bank, it's not too bad, does the job. And uh, just spend a little bit of time learning how to use it and how to press the buttons and trial and error. The great thing about uh, Windows or great thing about technology in general is this brilliant button called Undo, which is kind of <clears throat> it's kind of just behind the snooze button on your alarm in the morning in terms of the most used button in the history of time. I think uh, I probably snooze about six times in the morning, so I, I press it six times in the morning. But the Undo button on, on Audacity or on the PC in general or the laptop, I'm pressing that all the time, mate. So, um, yeah, there's nothing you can do that you can't undo. There's nothing to worry about. And if you're new to it, um, just try a few things. Find the best way for you. Find the best thing for you and find what works for you. But it's not about sending great sounding demos out. Um, it's just basically about using the software. The great thing about Audacity is things like drop-ins. You just create a new track underneath, go back a little bit, record, and it will record the new guitar, which you can then copy and paste onto the other one. So it's, there are so many tricks that you can do and there are so many different um, YouTube sites that you can go onto and read about Audacity. You can, of course, have a listen. Uh, you can, of course, always come to one of my workshops or you can always book some time as you're only in Thundersley and I'm in Hadley, which isn't far from you. You could always book some time here Um and I'll go through it with you, mate. I mean, I, I'm always always good with that. Of course, I'll charge you because that's what I have to do. We've all got to earn a living, haven't we? But um, I wish you well with it, Gary. And uh, lovely to hear from you, mate. And uh, all the best. Innovation Studios is the perfect place for any aspiring singer-songwriter to take their journey to the next level. Whether that be starting at the basics of building a solid foundation on your first instrument, learning the best ways to perform your first open mic or refining your current set with an experienced performer or recording a polished album at the highest of standards. With soundproofed walls and perfect ambience and acoustics, our studio is also a great place for a budding producer to learn their craft, hone their skills and begin producing music. Check out what we have to offer throughout our website. Go to www.innovationstudios.com. Our next question comes from Stephanie in Hornchurch. And Stephanie says, Marcus, my grandson has recently formed a group with some friends from college. They are hoping to start practicing together soon and hopefully hopefully play some gigs. Do you have any advice for them? His name is Daniel. If you can give him a shout. And the band are called Common Complaint. Common Complaint. Hi, Daniel. Um, Daniel in Hornchurch. Um, I can give you lots of advice. Uh, the, the biggest advice that I can give you 
is um, obviously put together some songs, start working. I'm assuming it's your own stuff. Rehearsal time is so important. Um, when you when you start practicing together, it's so important that you use the rehearsal time wisely. I think um, when I was your age, Daniel, 17, 18, um, the bands I, I was knocking about with and going in and plugging in and making, it was really about everything louder than everything else. And one of the boys would say, do you know this one? And start playing it and then we'd all jam. And, and you, you suddenly come out of there, you know, three hours later having pretty much learned nothing about yourself, and you might come out of there with one song. So the band I was in when I first started, and I was about 17, um, we used to sit together with acoustics because the, the other boys in the band, I mean, we didn't have any money. We were teenagers and we weren't all working. And the only money we had was pretty much spent on sweets or, you know... Um, but um, what we used to do was to sit together with acoustic guitars and the bass player would usually pr uh, plug into a little practice amp or something. And you'd sit around someone's house. Your drummer um, would often just listen to you. You'd work through all the structures there. And your drummer would kind of keep time or listen to things. And um, I mean, I've been in bands that have rehearsed with, you know, the drummer on some Quality Street tins and stuff like that. I wouldn't quite go down that route. But I think it's important that... Um, when you're rehearsing together, you use the time in the studio that you're paying for to work on the where the drums sit and uh, the structure. The structure of the song should already have been done with acoustic guitars in someone's bedroom or someone's living room. You need to be putting that work in away from the quote unquote stage. It's important that you work together because it's a much quieter environment. It's a much easier environment. And you can communicate better. You can sing over the top of the acoustic guitars. And you can get the structures of the songs in a much easier way without a load of noise and confusion going on. And particularly if it's your own stuff as well, because that takes a little bit more time to write things down. And you're working through. I always believe you should never really work through in rehearsals as a band. You know, if you're trying to if you're trying to learn a new song, it's sometimes better to miss skip rehearsal one one Tuesday night or Thursday night, whatever. Skip the rehearsal that night, save your money and get together and um, work through a couple of new songs. Everybody knows by the time they get to the rehearsal room, they know about the structure of the song, the backing vocals and the harmonies are usually worked out over a couple of acoustic guitars, the uh, choruses, the verses, the sounds, things like that. Just know what you're playing and then when you get into the rehearsal room, it would take you probably 10 minutes to just look at it and say, okay, I want to get overdrive on this song or that one and get your live sound. And then at least you have, if you have a four-piece band, three of you know the structure and the drummer um, will be able to add something to it. And then you're working with just the drums. If you're all working on the stuff that you should have already known, then you're wasting valuable rehearsal time. I hope that makes sense because you're paying for rehearsals, Daniel. It's a lot of money. Some of them are, you know, 30 or 40 quid. And if there's four of you in a band, it's a tenner a week. And sometimes you look at it and say, well, let's not rehearse for three months. Let's get together and work on the structures of the songs. Or you're working on a new album or something. You you go in and you say, I've got this new album or this, this new idea, these 10 songs that I've written during the lockdown or whatever. Um, which everybody seems to be writing songs during the lockdown as well, by the way. But if you've got these ideas then it's good to do them in a quiet way. 
and to work with the boys on the structures away from the noise and the confusion. And then your drummer can come in at some point later on or you can even better record the song, uh, send it to the drummer on MP3, which he can then, if he wants to, if he has drums set up at home, you don't know. He can then listen to it and maybe have an idea before rehearsals. You don't want to be turning up at rehearsals, although it's a great buzz and it is a great buzz, I promise you, mate, to get in there and crank all the amps up to 11 and make as much noise as you possibly can. The fun is in the finished product. The fun is in listening to it when it starts to get tight, when it starts to come together as uh, a unit, when you start playing together. The other thing as well in bands is the chemistry is so important between those band members. And you don't get the chemistry on such a level when there's just so much noise going on. I think everybody kind of, in the end, there's a little bit of... Um, animosity in there because you're maybe your amp isn't as loud as your mates and he's drowning everybody out so i think it's important that you um put the work in before you go to the rehearsal time anything that you are paying for you always want to get the maximum amount of success from and you always want to take the most from it and if you're if you're paying 40 quid for rehearsal space and you come out of there and you you haven't really got any better, you haven't really grown and you still, after maybe the third or the fourth week, you still sound the same, nothing has changed, then, you know, that's, uh, you're wasting your time and sometimes it's better with an acoustic. The other thing as well is, and this, this is quite important, is everybody in the band, I feel, um, if you kind of understand that you're all in that band to get the best result you can for each individual song, it's not just about, you know, your guitar player just uh, you, or, or you know playing the longest solo he possibly can. Although, to be fair, fans of of the band I was in for years, wall to wall, would often say, you know, thanks for another twenty minute solo. Um, but the truth of it is, when you're in that environment and you're working together as a unit. You, you kind of a little bit like the board of directors or it becomes a little bit like the House of Commons. And it's important that everybody understands that anything that you're saying over that period of time in rehearsals isn't taken personally later on. You don't start a fight in rehearsals and you don't pick fault with somebody either. It's not just a case of that. It's just if something isn't working within the song, you work together as a unit to put the song together everybody in that band has let's say it's a four piece 25 percent input into that band now if your drummer decides that he wants to put a fill in and it doesn't work then you have the right to turn around and say you know don't try just try something else it's how you do it don't go crashing in and say that sounds rubbish i don't want that that sounds terrible i don't want that I think you have to know each other well enough and that's a, that again comes from sitting together with acoustic guitars over a cup of tea and maybe a fag, whatever you want to do, you know, um, and talking to each other because it's important sometimes to remember that if you're in a successful band or if you're in a band that's travelling around a lot and there's four of you, there will be times when one member of the band is not feeling it or maybe they've got trouble at home or maybe they've got something, you know, going on and it's important that as a unit, you kind of you're there looking out for each other, and um, you become almost like a family on the road, a group of guys on the road that 
you know, you look out for each other. You don't have to be the best of friends, but you just have to be able to get the best from the people around you. So it all starts with sitting, acoustic guitars, talking about the song, working it through, taking it into rehearsals, and then seeing how it goes, where the song goes from there, how it grows. And you will find you'll do songs and put songs together and then maybe a week later you'll come back to it and it will sound completely different. So let it grow as well. Give it the space to breathe. Don't be afraid of it. A song is a great song in any disguise, but sometimes finding the best way of doing it is what takes the time. So you save as much time as you possibly can by it. Everybody knows what they're singing, the chords they're playing, where they're stopping and starting, and where the harmonies are before you go into the rehearsal room. Put the time in. With regards to getting gigs and putting yourselves out there, there are plenty, or at least there were before the, everything locked down for a while, plenty of band showcases, plenty of venues that uh, that will give you a chance. You know, you're not going to get a lot of money. Um, it won't be paid shows, but there are plenty of places. You just have to send a nice email and try and send a covering letter, put together a little biography of the band. You know, don't tell everybody you've got your own sound and you're going to be the next best thing since sliced bread. I mean, it's, you know, that's been said a million times, but just that you're looking for an opportunity. So I always say we're looking looking for an opportunity to showcase our material for you and write to the people. You may not hear, you might hear. Um, but what you're looking for is to get your music out there. Things have changed, Daniel. You know, 25 years ago, you could make a successful album and sit back on the profits and never tour. Well, now, because in these days of Spotify and, you know, back before that, Napster and, and Prime Music and YouTube especially, where people can hear, you know, the, the new album mixes two, out, two, two weeks before it even comes out. Um... Things have changed. So people are after playing live again. I mean, why do you think there's lots of bands getting back together again or they're still playing? And the reason they're still playing, some of them, and the reason that they're coming back after 25 years is because there's no money anymore in album sales. Everything's download. Everything's copied. Everything's, you know, people can download it for free from various sites. And whether you agree with it or not, and, and you know, I, I'm very much on the fence with it. I don't think that if the artist puts that amount of work into something, that they should be robbed of of all of the profits from it. But if they then, if, if enough people have downloaded their stuff for, for pennies, or be listening to their album on Spotify, for which they get a pretty much a pittance, but then buy a £100 ticket to go and see them at the O2, you know, because they're touring. So I don't, I don't know, the, the jury's out on that. I've gone on a bit of a tangent here, Daniel, I'm sorry. But best of luck with it. Sit together, work out what you're doing, and um, obviously, same again, if you need any further advice here at uh, Innovation Studios, I can always get back to you. I, I answer most of the emails myself. Um, I don't have people work for me here. Um, if, you, if you email me, I'll get back to you, and if I can give you advice, I will. But uh, carry on listening, and uh, Stephanie, thank you very much for your email, and Daniel, and all the boys and girls... In common complaint, I hope to see you soon. Okay, question three. This comes from Andy in Rayleigh. 
And he says, hi, Marcus, I hope you're well. My daughter Anna is 15 and only recently has started writing songs. We don't have any musical background and have no idea where it comes from. Although she has had a few singing and piano lessons, she took up guitar during the lockdown and it just happened. Do you have any advice for her? Yeah. You're gifted, obviously. Um, <laughs> it's a, Yeah, I mean, it, where do I start with this? Write what feels right at the moment. Just let it out. Just do it. There, there is a reason why you are playing guitar and there's a reason why you've taken it so quickly. You don't know what that reason is. Nobody around you knows what that reason is. Sometimes music can find you. I'm a great believer that music finds you. If you go looking for it, you will never find it. So, Anna, just write songs, play them, work them through. And uh, the advice really is a case of if you if you can play piano as well, and you've obviously had some sort of singing coaching and things like that, you know, I refer you to my earlier question. Find an easy and a cheap way of just getting these demos out of yourself. I always find that as a songwriter, I, I always feel that songs sound better when they're when you are able to step away from them. If it's the, if it's so, if the only time you ever hear the songs is is when you're playing and singing them, then you can't always be as constructive as you'd like to be. I think sometimes it's important to just record it and then kind of have it bubbling away in the background, which is the other thing um, that I missed out when I was talking about Daniel. I will come back to you in a second, Anna, I'm sorry. But when I was talking about Daniel was if you if you record the rehearsals, sometimes just listening back to a good rehearsal is as good as rehearsing because you're listening through it and subconsciously you're hearing it. So just think about that as well. And Anna, if you have an idea for a song, get it recorded, get it out of you and get it onto technology so that you're able to then have it on your iPod, listen to it, step away from it and, and then kind of change hats and become another member of your band that then puts a backing vocal on it or puts another guitar on it. I always find things like um, loop pedals. I mean, I love loop pedals. They're not not necessarily um, for any other reason than it gives you an opportunity to just put a little beat down, strum your song over the top of it, and then you can kind of uh, doodle around with it and add a few other little bits of guitar. The important thing as well is to learn how to listen to a song that is only on one guitar and vocal, but to have the rest of the band in your head. This is the thing to remember when you see, and I've, I've played many acoustic shows, and and to be fair, people have said, you've got a great rhythm about you. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, whatever. But I think one of the reasons I do is because in my head, I can hear everything else. So I know what the drums would be doing. I know what the bass would be doing, and I can hear it in my head. So put that in your mind. Have a think about your song. But most important thing is if it's a gift, and it sounds like it is, then embrace it and write what you feel is right. Write what feels good to you. Because somewhere along the line, be true to yourself. It's not a case of writing something and saying, hey, I'm going to write this song in the same style as Amy Winehouse or Adele or or anybody, like, or, or Lily Allen, you know, or any of these people like that. Don't try and write in a particular style. Just write. What will link it together in the end will be your voice, your input, and the chemistry of you and, and those around you. 
So the important thing to remember is just right. It doesn't matter, you know, if you if you feel that one song is better than another one. You know, when, when people ask me, what's, a, what's the best song you've written? The answer is the next one. Because as soon as you, you start standing still and looking back, you take your eye off what's in front of you. And you need to be able to focus on, um, you know, what, 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 what you're aiming towards. So when you're working through, if you have an idea, and I don't know how you, uh, you know, what your technique is in terms of writing songs. I don't know if, if it's lyrics first or if it's um, chords first or whatever. There'll probably be questions about that later on and another time anyway. But there is no right or wrong way to do it. You just have to feel that it's right. And there's a point where you're able to listen to it and then say, I can't do anything else with that. Then it's ready. While there's something that you can still do with it, while there's something that doesn't feel right, trust your gut instinct. Go with it. Listen to it and say, that sounds okay. I'm happy with that. That sounds good. It doesn't have to be the best song in the history of time. There are plenty of songs out there that have, that have been on two chords or four chords or a repetitive I could fire off 20 now, but I won't. But there are the same chord, round and round again, the same chord progression. But that's not it. That's not what it's about. Always remember, it's your idea. It's how you feel. It may even be therapeutic for you to, I don't know what your songs are about, but they might be personal to you, and you might be able to just put them out there. But always remember that as soon as somebody hears your song, It's no longer personal to you because they can make of that whatever they want to make of it. They could take that song and they could say, hey, you know, that that applies to me and my situation. So it doesn't become yours anymore in terms of an emotional sense. So get the ideas out of yourself, get them recorded, get them down, get them separate so that you're able to stand back and listen to it the same way as everybody else does. Don't be ultra critical. Be proud of the fact that you're able to do this. Stand up and say, I am a songwriter. This is what I do. And this is the best that I can do with these songs. Let the music come to you. Let the, let the idea come to you. But but most importantly, in a, almost in a spiritual way, separate yourself from the sound you're making. If the only time you hear the songs are when you are singing them and playing them, it's too personal. Record them, step away from them, listen to them. There's a point in every artist's, and art is such a huge genre, but there's a point in every artist's, or it, let, let's say painting, there's a point where a painter has to stand back and look at what he's done or what he or she has done. While they're two inches away from it, they're only focusing on that corner of the painting. But they have to, at some point, step back and almost disassociate themselves from it in order to be constructive, in order to be critical, and in order to get the best out of what they're creating. And songwriters are the same. Get it out of your head, get it out of yourself, and step back and have a really good bloody listen to it and then dissect it then have a listen to what you can do with it throw some ideas around you know i mean you're not old enough to drive anna but um 
Take your CD, stick it in your mum's car, stick it in your dad's car, have it going round and round on the way to school and away from school. Put it on your iPod. Listen to it as a piece of music. One of the hardest things about being a songwriter is it's always work to me. So when somebody listens to my album, they're listening to it the same way they listen to everything else. But see, I listen to it as a piece of work. And if I were a carpet fitter like my dad was, or if I was a a painter, or if I was a bricklayer, somebody would say, that's a hell of a house you've built. But I would look at it and say, yeah, but I had a terrible trouble with that extension and the carpet was a bit short because it's personal to me. So one of the most difficult things about being a songwriter is to write it and then be able to listen to it in the same way as everybody else without constantly picking fault. I I could have done that better. I could have done that better. You have to be able to step away from it. I always am surprised when I listen to something of mine that I've not listened to for a while. I'm always surprised by how nice it sounds when I'm not immersed in that constant day-to-day struggle of trying to get it sounding the best it can. When I'm able to step away from it, and I've kind of forgotten the mistakes I made or the things that took time because it's probably been five or five or six years. When I listen to the first album, the first uh, the first matching album from 2016, I listen to that and, you know, four or five years down the line, I don't hear it in the same way I heard it day in and day out, round and round and round and round. By the time the album came out, I was sick of it because I'd heard it every single day. So now to have not heard it for a couple of years and, and revisit it, I hear it the same way I hear everything else. So Anna, my advice is go with it. Write what you want to write. Play what you want to play. And then at some point, get it out of yourself and step back. If you've got 10 songs, record them all and have it as an album that you listen to. Then think about those 10 songs. Um, what would your running order be of those songs? It's not just the first 10 songs you write. It's some songs you look at and you think that's a perfect opener for the album. That's a perfect song to have opening the album. And then you'd listen to another song and you say, that's a great one to have at the end. You might have two songs that sound quite similar. We don't want them together. You need to have one at maybe track two, maybe one at track nine. Separate them. Um, you may have a song in three, four, which you can put in the middle of it. It's really take 10 songs, form it into albums. That's another thing as well. If you've got 100 songs, then don't have one you know, 100-song album in your head. Separate them into albums. You know, you've got 10 songs, make that album in your mind, at least get it demoed. It's an acoustic demo of an album that's ready for you to revisit at some point, maybe three, six months down the line, coming back to it. It makes it sound fresh that way as well. You don't get immersed in it. You don't get lost in it. It doesn't become like swimming against a tide because you're enjoying creating that music and you're enjoying the freshness of it, having not heard it for a while. So the 10 songs, get them recorded, get them done, listen to them for a good while until you can throw a few ideas around and then just have a couple of weeks where you don't listen to it. Listen to something else, step away from it and then go back in with fresh ears. Any producer, any engineer will tell you, you'll spend a whole day mixing something. You'll spend a whole week mixing something and then you'll go in the next morning and you'll press play and you'll listen to it and look at each other and go, what the hell happened there? 
doesn't sound anything like it did last night is because your ears have played tricks on you. Anna, enjoy it. Embrace it. By the sounds of it, you're gifted. I'm sorry that you come from a background that does a musical background or, or a background that doesn't have musicality in it. But by the sounds of it, you have a very supportive family around you. They've emailed me for advice. Need any more advice? Please email me. Need any more input? Just always contact me here. As I said earlier to Daniel, just call or, or message me. And if I can get back to you and give you any advice, of course I will. Music's been my life. And it's always been there. And when I hear that there's somebody out there who's writing music, when I hear that there's somebody new who's got fresh ideas, somebody who's got more, uh, somebody who's been given this talent, this ability almost to, to pursue music, well, you pursue music and you get out there and you do it. That's important. Ever wanted to play guitar? 10 minute tutorials. Now on YouTube, beginner's guitar. Marcus takes you through the early stages, tuning, basic chords, and strum patterns to start you on your journey. Further information, go to www.innovationstudios.com. Okay, we'll have one more question. This question comes from Jason in Harlow. Hi, Jason. How are you doing, mate? Uh, Jason says, do you write the song starting with music or lyrics? Uh, either or. Um, I think sometimes um, people like to write lyrics to get feelings out of themselves that then become songs. So it's one of those things where some people don't aspire to be songwriters. They just write things that they feel and it might in their own mind it might be poetry and then they end up working with somebody else or they meet a musician and he says you know there's a great idea there um there's no rule i mean if you look at some of the most famous people people like the likes of uh, elton john um you know he, he's always says his lyrics first he gets a lyric from bernie Taupin and then he'll write the song always lyrics first the bg's from the interviews I'd seen were always melody first and then religiously would make the words fit the melody afterwards. You know, so they'd get the song by sort of la la over the top and then make the words fit. So there are arguments for both. Um, my particular way is to kind of um, do the two at the same time. I don't have any lyrics, but if I have... I sort of play around with something and then I'll scat sing over the top and um, and then hope that something falls out. And usually sometimes something will fall out, just a phrase um, or a an, an idea. And then you might just sing a little bit of it. So just, as I said to Anna, just get that recorded, just that few seconds, and then, you know, have, have a look at it. Just so you might have 20 seconds of a song or a la-la or just an idea. And then you might just suddenly add that to another 25, 30 seconds afterwards. You've got a minute. Then you might look at it and say, okay, I've got a verse and a chorus now, but I don't have any words. The other thing as well is there are, there are a billion songs about love and loss. There are a billion songs about, uh, about life. Um, I would say don't make things too personal 
to you. So obviously don't name names. But it's also it's being clever. Um, I had a friend of mine who's been uh, writing with me recently, and he said he wanted to write a song about a lockdown. Well, look, who hasn't wanted to write a song about a lockdown? But he said, um, I've got this idea, you know, do I, do I just write down what I see? Um, and I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, I, 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 you know, if I see a man smoking a cigarette, do I write down I saw a man smoking a cigarette? I said, well, no. What you try and do is is you try and look at it from a from a third person point of view almost or from a different angle. You know, is it his last cigarette? Is it his first cigarette? Is he stood six feet away from somebody else, which means he doesn't know them? Is he stood two feet away from someone else, which means their family? Where is he stood? Is he, you know, what what would he be thinking? How is he dressed? It's not the fact that he's standing smoking a cigarette. It's where's he heading? Where's he going? So it's almost like being clever with words. And sometimes I like to find different ways of getting a message across. So it's not enough to say I've had my heart broken or I've I've split up, you know, I've split up with Samantha and she broke my heart and this song is called Samantha. Well, you know, okay, whatever. Some people go down that, that route and that's fine. But I think it's more important to write about how you're feeling and 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 kind of how you're going to get yourself out of this um, hole that you're in or out of this uh, dark place that you're in because of Samantha, you know. So it's, I think sometimes, and I've been recently working with um, another friend of mine, I'm going to give him a shout, Reese, and he was been, been writing a song and he, he wanted the idea that sometimes life isn't as easy as you'd like it to be and we had an idea of uh, a song called Stones in the Sea. And it was it came from the same sort of idea where um, you, you kind of have to define your uh, situation. So and it, it wasn't personal to him. It was just a, a, an idea and a scenario where he would say there's somebody somewhere struggling. They're going through a difficult time and that. And I said, yeah, but that's fine. You know, but how are they feeling? And, and I always love to play with words in as much as I love... Um, I love people when they, when they'll say, you know, I felt like a foot without a sock, or I I, I felt with a key, I felt like a key without a lock, which I used on the on the matching album. And I like the idea of the of the analogy being, I feel like a stone in the sea. So in as much as you feel like you're getting washed up on the shore, and then just as you get up on the washed up on the shore or get there, get to where you're going, maybe somebody picks you up and throws you back in. So it's kind of being clever with. Um, finding ways of describing how you feel. So sometimes people like to do that in terms of writing lyric first. Some people have a, a, an idea that they la la around with and they have a lovely melody and then they then find words that fit it. There's no right or wrong way. You know, both, both um, ways have had so much success over the years. So nobody could ever really tell you, I can't really tell you what the right answer is. I think the right answer is the end result. If the end result feels right, then you've got it right. But it's got to feel right to you. See, people always say about how successful people like Monty Python were and stuff like that. But when you see interviews with them, it was only about those gentlemen in the room making each other laugh because there's no audience there. There's no audience for them. So they have to just make each other laugh. And that's it. And musicians have to kind of make each other buzz. 
you know, or to get an idea. And you have to listen to something and realize that there's, that's the best you can do with it. And that'll make you buzz. That'll make you feel good. And, um, you know, that's the, that's the key to it. That's the key to it, Jason. You've got to just find a way that works for you. Sometimes as a songwriter, it's good. If, you, if you've got maybe five songs on the album or six songs, let's say, that you've done where you've got the, the, the melody first and then fit to the lyrics, now and again, you know, find a different way of writing a song. I always find it fascinating that just because I play guitar, I don't write all of my songs necessarily on the guitar. I like to, although I can't play piano to any decent level, um, sometimes I'm able to find, there are things you can do on alternative instruments that you can't do on the guitar. So, and also moving the capo around, experimenting with different tunings on the guitar, little things like that are always clever and always good. And also can also uh, kind of open a, an avenue that you wouldn't look for in standard tuning. So, either now and again, write a song that's lyrics first and see how it works. So I've written two or three songs where somebody's given me lyrics and between the two of us, we've come up with a, with a melody that worked. Um, but in general, for the matching stuff, um, it's really a case of, I just, uh, it just comes to me. I sing a little bit and something feels right about it. And then usually I go out and I've got a title, which I then get out of myself, put on the phone, listen to it round and round, so I'm able to step away from it. Anna, as I said, step away from it, love. Walk away from it, have a listen to it, subjectively and constructively, and then go in the next day and add a little bit more, go in the next day and add a little more, little bit more. Everybody has a different way of doing it. You have to find the way, Jason, that works for you. And I wish you all the luck in the world with it, mate. Same as everybody else. Stay in touch with me. Feel free to email me again. Ask me anything else and it will appear on the next podcast. It's been a real experience. I've enjoyed that. Four great questions. That's all we had today, but that's because I tend to ramble a little bit. But hopefully you've learned enough from that to want to listen next week. Submit your questions, as I said, to innovationstudiosuk at gmail.com alternatively go to www.innovationstudios.com alternatively give us a call or drop us an email or drop me an inbox or whatever most of all everybody out there stay safe stay well and if you're at the dog and duck on saturday night have a great gig look after yourselves see you next week